Hey guys, welcome to the Dragon's Voice podcast. I am your host, Julie Reesteens. I hope you guys are keeping well and hopefully one day football will be back and I will be off my face as usual. So, uh, <laughs> but we all dream one day of doing that. And uh, at the moment, the only thing that's keeping me going is that sneaking into grounds, uh, even though it's illegal, but trying to, you know, do it <laughs> some ways of not being seen. But at the same time, uh, doing this podcast as well has helped me keep my passion for football going, especially Welsh football. And uh, and one of the best things ever about, you know, Welsh football is the fact that the League of Wales or the Welsh Premier League or Camry Premier, whatever you want to call it, you know, they're, they're some of the uh, I, I think some of the best teams in the Welsh League, you know, uh, features many clubs, especially Bangor City. And uh, this guy, you know, he is, you could say, one of uh, Mr. Bangor City's, uh, you know, 11 aside, you know, and, uh, uh, and a Bangor City legend as well so I, I i have to introduce him it's none other than michael johnston mike how's it going yeah good thanks mate you yeah not too bad not too bad so i mean you spent most of your career with Bangor city so uh, i know that we're, we're gonna have a lot of talk about this club and it's, <laughs> it's it, it is a in a sense you know if, if you want to look deep into it you know it is a big club for Bangor city you know especially with the history and everything so uh, uh we've got a lot to talk about but um, I, I always start off with, uh, again, uh, in the last three episodes, I always let the people know that I always start off with a bit of a cliche question at the beginning and at the end. So it's always the traditional. How did you start your career, buddy? Uh, well, basically, it was I was at Tramia. Um, I did a two year apprenticeship and then a two year professional at Tramia. Um, I could kind of tell coming towards the end of my first year professional that I was not going to be. I was not going to be breaking through anytime soon. Um, me and Ronnie Moore didn't get off on the the best of best of terms, let's say, because I came back from a lads' holiday in Cyprus and I came back really overweight and stuff like that as soon as he came in, and that didn't go down well. Um, so that first year professional was just literally traveling to every single away game and cooking meals on the way back on the bus for the lads who had played and things like that. Um, and then once the second pre-season come round, it was a case of, I need to, I remember playing at Southport away and Ronnie Moore said to me, this is a big year for you, this, and and at the minute it doesn't really look like it's going to be going the way you want it to. So he was that brutal. So I knew at that point that I was needing to look out. Didn't for one minute think that it was going to be down the route that I went through. Um, but then Alan Morgan, who his assistant at Marine now, he was the assistant at Bangor City at the time and he was a coach at Tramier and he said, do you fancy coming on loan to us? And I'd, I'd heard a, a few little things about the Welsh Prem and it, it was the the rough and tumble and stuff like that. Um, but obviously I, I agreed to it in the end around September time and the rest is history, as they say. Do you know what? I, I said it at the very beginning that you know, yeah. you came sort of at the right moment at the right time because uh, Bangor City were, you know, uh, one of the top competitors of, of the Welsh Premier League. Let's just call it that way. I know they call it the Cymru Premier yeah. now, but let's just call it yeah. the Welsh Premier for, for, for the sake of it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so when you first went, of course, Neville, Neville Powell, you know, he became the massive influence to Bangor City, you know, mm-hmm. uh, sort of like a another club legend, as I say, because of what he'd done for Bangor City. But when you first, uh, it's like you said, you know, um, the, the initial thought process of, oh, going to bang, Bangor, the, you know, rough and tumble, as you say, you know, but when you first went there, what was the reception like for you? And, uh, 
especially being introduced to the squad and especially because of the fans because they they got a good following you know especially in today's yeah 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 so yeah it was team? um it was a bit of a baptism of fire i remember turning up um it was a school in conway the first training session and i obviously never bigged it up we're getting this center off you know and as soon as you say that they're expecting a big six foot seven Built like a brick shit house fella, do you know what I mean? But then I turn up a little skinny thing from Tramp. Yeah, not anymore, obviously. Um, but a little skinny thing turns up. And I remember Peter Roy shouting, where's this centre-half sign? And I'm thinking, oh, here we go. I'm really under pressure here straight away. And on no word of a lie, I had an absolute holocaust my first training. It was terrible. Worst training session I've ever put in in, in my life. Um, and I remember leaving there and I could hear a few little mutters, Peter Roy particularly, screaming what's going on he plays with Travis and all that and I'm thinking oh my word this couldn't have gone any worse um but then we played Welsh pool away on the Saturday uh, and I remember the I don't know whether you remember him but it was Jed McGuigan the goalkeeper and the Welsh pool pitch isn't really the biggest of pitches anyway and he could no. literally kick it the length of the pitch um and I, I, I did okay against Steve Rogers and Calvin Davis it was at the back uh, they were up front, sorry, and I was at the back. And and I think I kind of won a couple of people over there. And then we played Kevin Druids on a Tuesday night in a Loose Moors Cup game um, in front of the Bangor fans. And I remember going to Farrah Road for the first time and Nev saying to me, hey, what do you think of it, Jono? And I was having a little look around and I thought, you know what, it, it's, it's better than some of the places we were playing at in reserve team football at Tramia because we were going to the likes of... Ratcliffe Butter to go and play against Berry. We were going to other places to play against teams that who were just literally putting youth team players out, which at the time I was at that age, but um going in and having that taste of adult football in a way, and you know, playing against real men who to be fair, some of the players within the Welsh Prem at the time had played in the football league and they dropped down and you could you could see that, do you know what I mean? So um I think in terms of your question at the first training session was a struggle. Um, but I think I did that like as I eased my way in, I did start to win a couple of people over. Um, and hopefully they'll agree with that. <laughs> um, I, I just wanted to throw this one out there because I, I it only just popped into my head and I, I didn't even have time to uh see if he actually did play around the time that you played with, but it was uh Clayton Blackmore. Was he around when you when you were playing for I knew he played for Banger, but I didn't I did not know if he was playing at, around your time because I knew he was coming to the end of his career. Mm, no, he'd left Bangor when I, I think, I don't know whether he was manager before Nev come in or whether it was Steve Bleasdale, but okay. he, he'd recently been manager, um, but I came across and play, he was playing for Port Maddox, um when we played them, and then he went to Neath, I think, down, down south, um, yeah, when they first come up, so I didn't, I didn't play under him or play with him, but I, I definitely played against him, mm. Um and I remember my dad saying to me, I can't believe that Clayton Blackmore, like he played against Clayton Blackmore. And I was going, why? Because at the time, I, I didn't really realise who he was really, do you know mm. what I mean? But as soon as you do the digging, it's unbelievable, isn't it, that you've you've done that? And 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 to be fair, I remember coming off and I was thinking, a fellow with, with like the thin and air looked all right, didn't he? How old he? And Nev, <laughs> Nev then said, it's Clayton Blackmore. And I was like, oh, right, okay. Um but yeah, it would have been good to play under him because I know there are a couple of the lads who were who were there spoke highly of him um, and said that he he was really down to earth. He he wasn't a person who you wouldn't it, 
unless you knew your history of football, you wouldn't have known that he'd done what he did. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It, it's, it's funny because um, with Clayton Blackmore, a lot of people, when they look at pen and paper and they say that, oh, because he's come from Manchester United of winning the Premier League and, mm-hmm. and you know, having so much uh, success by winning the, the, the league itself and winning cups and trophies and that. And uh, he's, he's gone on to play for the Bangor and even finishing very poetically finishing his career at Neath because he's from Neath and uh, you know yeah, he's from yeah. that place it's very poetic but I think that's one of the reasons why you know uh, it, it gave Bangor sort of the you know the nice little not I say repetition nice story say well we are Clayton Blackmore and he came and helped mm-hmm. us out you know and and um, but you had so many names uh, to I mean I can't even think of the top of my head because there's so many well-known names and people <laughs> that I've played with so you could just pop that one and I could go oh yeah and uh, <laughs> so um, but when you, when you first started I, I really want to talk about the Bangor City fans before I want to talk you know because I think mm-hmm. um, you you went on loan at first if I'm if that's right you went on loan first yeah. before you signed a permanent yeah. contract so yeah. in your first spell let's just say with Bangor City because mm-hmm. it was a loan deal. What were the Bangor City fans like that? Because I, I have to say this now because I was a little bit disappointed because I, I never got to see Farrow Road because of because me mm-hmm. being a Bangor, um, me being a Bangor, me being a Barry Town supporter, I, yeah. I never I never got that because of the situation that Barry had. So we had that shitty Nan Paul's ground, and I was and I was a bit yeah. disappointed because I, I thought, you know, at the time when Barry came back to the Welsh Premier League, that I thought we were gonna get I know Carnarvon, you know, gave us that treatment of their supporters, but I thought Bangor, no disrespect to them in any way. I've got huge Yeah, no, no. I think they pride themselves on this, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I, I came to the, we There was a group of us. We came um, to Namporth and we, we were a bit... Some of us were taken back because none of the, I would say... Die hard, you know, for the the, the mm. so the uh, the fanatic terrorist fanatic supporters were there, and but little did we knew the, the behind the scenes anyway. But yeah. I, I really I really want to know what were the Bangor City fans like for you playing uh, playing for them at Bangor City Football Club and what was it like, you know, just to be surrounded by them? Yeah, do you know what it it was amazing to see because and I know it sounds like I'm just saying it because I'm still there, but it was amazing because my eyes looking in. And I've, I've, I'm not, I've never shied away from this. My eyes looking in was, I'm going alone to Bangor City, who are a Welsh Premier team. Yeah, I knew that at the time. But I didn't for one minute think that I was going to be representing the team that every single person supports within that city. If you get me, do you know what I mean? And, yeah. it, and I was taken back a little bit, to be honest, because I, I'd, obviously I'd come from, and I was still in pro football on a daily basis, going into Shamir and coming to Bangor. But I do feel like they just took to me straight away because I wasn't this I wasn't this big time Charlie who came in and, and was oh I'm 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 above this. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it wasn't a case of that. It was this is where I'm at now and this is what I've got to do for these people. And I think that the way that they warmed warmed to me was like it, it was special really because this is the main reason why I've gone on to do what I'm doing now and where I am now with mm-hmm. the, the fans team. Um, so I think that they did come together and I obviously didn't really realise the rivalry that, that, that they had and that I'd like to say <laughs> the fun hatred that they had with Rill until we actually played Rill in a, on a Tuesday night and there was there was actually fights going on in the crowd and things and I'm thinking to myself, whoa, like it's it's the Welsh Premier League and, and this is happening. <laughs> like it, it it was 
it was unbelievable to see. And, and at that point, you can see then what it actually means to these people. And and at the time, we were lucky because we had the likes of Les Davis, um, Sean Eds. We had younger lads there like Clive Williams, Ben Ogilvy, who were all, as much as they were from Bangor, they were local to Bangor. So you kind of got a bit of a feel for what the, the, the ethos of the club was. But then also you had Nevu played for them in the 80s. And he'd, he'd done special things with them in the 80s and they were singing his praises and he was telling me stories about what, what had happened in the past. And it was just mind-blowing to see those people who were so dedicated and so happy and loved their club taken to me as well. A, a, a little small laugh from Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it's funny because every time I think of Bangasi, I always think of Carnarvon because it's the closest rivalries and they're not really far. And I always thought that was a tense rivalry, but seeing, you know, coming from the likes of yourself and maybe um, even, uh, uh, what's his name, the club secretary for the Bangor 1876. Oh, what's his name? I interviewed him as well. Oh, David Hughes. Yes, him. David oh, Hughes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> David, I'm sorry, mate. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know what? Lovely guy. I, he was... I, I did an episode with him because I really loved the, what um, the fans did with the, mm-hmm. the new club, you know, and I, I will say that the yeah. original banger because, you know, what the fans are trying to get get back and take back what's theirs, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always thought that uh, Carnarvon was sort of the main rival, the, the better rival because of how close they are mm-hmm. and everything. But everyone says the fans, uh, former players are saying, oh, no, it's real. And I'm thinking, well, how, how's that then? You know, where, where's that yeah, from? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think to be honest with you, the, the rivalry between the two is it, it, it is bitter between the two. Um, but I think that the rivals, rivalry between Bangor and Rill mainly came from Rill dominating for so long and Bangor wanting to get back onto their pitch in a way, if you get me. Um, and then obviously Bangor and Carnarvon are so close together. And I can guarantee now if we played Carnarvon at 1876, it would be Mayan just because. I don't, I don't know what it is. They just don't seem... We, we played against... Um, is it Bont Newed? I think I've said, said that right, which is literally just on the outskirts of Carnarvon. We played them in our first season for 1876 and there must have been about 500 people watching in a Tier 5 match. Do you know what I mean? So I think that that hatred is still there between Bangor and Carnarvon. I just think that when I came in and at my time, Carnarvon were kind of sloping off down towards the bottom of the league and then when the league split to 12 they eventually fell out um but real at the time were the ones who were pushing and pushing and pushing and in the end they, they did win the league my second season of banger um and i think it was just the case of their their success was what we wanted really mm. and that that's what I, that's that's my opinion i don't know yeah. whether the true banger people would know anything different but that's from the outside looking in obviously that's what i saw no that's no problem and uh yeah. Um, it, it's it's always interesting to me. I think it's because as well when you got that uh, dedicated supportmanship, you know, the following as well from the likes mm-hmm. of Carnarvon, Rail, and uh, Bangor. Yeah. You got to look at it from ge- geographical perspectives that they're so far away in terms of they're in the corners mm-hmm. of North Wales that there's no let's just say quote-unquote big teams you know you got like the likes of Everton and Liverpool you know that are not on Wrexham's yeah. door all the time you know uh, and you got like Barry you know because Barry are seven miles away from uh, from Cardiff obviously you're going to have mm-hmm. Cardiff fans living in Barry so I think that's really good that those three clubs especially Bangor you know having that supportmanship supportmanship but the mm-hmm. one thing I'm always gutted so good and I'm surprised they turn it into a 
freaking retail park as well, for Christ's sake. I know. Um, <laughs> Road, I wish I would have gone to Faro. That's one of my biggest wishes, you know. Um, yeah. But hopefully someone will yeah. create a time machine one day. <laughs> uh, honestly, it was. It, it, the season, it won us things, it did. You know, we, we'd play teams and sometimes you could tell would won before we even come out. You know, you, you sat in the, in the, um, the dressing room and it was the old-fashioned... I don't know whether you've been to Port Maddox, but that's kind of the same as well. Um, the dressing rooms were underneath the stand, so you could hear people walking up the stand. That, and I know quite well that the Bangor fans would have been down the other end of the, that stand, stomping on the on top of the away dressing room just to intimidate them a bit. Yeah. Um, and it, it, you, you could tell a couple of times that with one before we even went out there. Um, and even when you speak to it, they'll always say it. They either love playing a banger or they hated it. Um, some relished this, some thrived on it, some just went in the shells and couldn't cope with it. Um, but that was also our success. <laughs> so, so with with that in mind, so the first season, um, in the season as well, you know, you you, you finished fifth in the league, but uh, the, the the success just came straight at you because you you went on to uh, play in the, the the Welsh Cup final. And it was at Newtown. Mm-hmm. But this is where I got to go on to the fans bit because this always sticks out in my mind. It was a 4-2 win, if I'm right in saying it, it was for Bangor. And it, yeah. but it was against yeah. Kaleshi, who at the time as well, you know, they were up there because they were pushing. They had Peter Nic- Nicholas or even Andy Legg, you know, at the helms. And you had former Wales international yeah. players playing for him. But it was at Latham Park where, um, you know, you, you had that success to win, to go on and win the, the, the cup. But it was at the same time where the Banger fans were yeah. uh, at the behind the goal and rushing on. So yeah. uh, I just I just wanted to ask you, what was it like to win the World Cup, but at the same time to experience that final, especially with that Banger fans just coming down and just losing it? Well, how, how would you uh, explain and tell us a story about your experience, you know, going into oh. the... Well, the whole season, we the, the season was kind of built around the Welsh Cup because... We we started off with um like the lesser teams that we were playing. Um I think we played against Clandernog and teams like that and we and we, we scraped through to be honest. It, it you know, you know what those games where you you're gonna win but you're kinda going through the motions, but you're getting the result done. And then as we're going down the down the, the rounds of a thing, we went to Kayasusa way and we went down to eight men and ended up winning an extra time. Um, and then it just built from there, really. And we got the look of the draw with the semi final. I think we played, um, who was it? I'd like to say, no, it wasn't Bridget Newport YMCA. I think are they, are they a team? Yeah, it was someone like that, anyway. Yeah, yeah, we played them in the semi final. Oh, that's an easy draw town again. <laughs> I know that's what I mean. I think we got the look of the draw because I think the other semi might have been TNS and Clinetley. Um, so it could have been a different story. Mm. But we got them anyway, beat them, and then we went into the final and would play the semi-final at the same ground. So the fans knew what pubs to go to. The fans knew the fans were already planning what was happening throughout the through, throughout the build-up to it. Um, and then the the game starts, and, and I remember Mark Limber saying to Peter Roy, um, Craig Jones at the time was at Clenetley, Um and he said to him, you know, first couple of minutes, just let him know he's in a game. So what happens? Ball comes down, Craig Jones takes it on his chest and Peter Roy just comes flying through with his boot and hits him in the chest, fourth minute in, and we lose Peter Roy down to 10 men. So 
we're thinking to ourselves, what's and been in mind clinically full time, they'd won the league. So and then you could just hear everyone just getting behind us and, and we ended up going one nil up. Um I think Lee Webber, it's a shot that was going towards the corner flag and it, it caught actually starts in the head and gone directed into the goal. And then you could hear the roar from the banger fans and, and Newtown's it you can't put it on par with Farrow, but Newtown is like you you're quite enclosed to everyone, aren't you? You know. The, the fans I, I are quite close th- to the pitch and things. I'd say, yeah, close to the pitch, but I always thought New Newtown, in my experience of going to, to yeah. Nathan Park, I always thought, in terms of, you know, atmospheric-wise, I always thought it was too open wide, uh, mm. but that's just my that's just my experience <laughs> yeah, as, a, yeah. as a fan. No, it could be, it, or it could have just been because we are, there must have been easily over a thousand banger fans there mm. on the day. Um, and you can hear the, the roar, but then the second half comes and Clinetley are growing stronger and stronger and stronger because we're down to 10 men there full time. And you can hear the groans. And then obviously that happened in the last minute with Sarge and he's just lifted it back over the keeper. Um, and I think I seem to remember Peter Nicholas telling the goalkeeper to stay down, stay down when one of the fans ran on. Because you can see one of the fan run runs on in in a like elation, really, and just like grabs the key. And the keeper must have been about that wide, about seven foot tall and this fan's just like pulled him by the arm a little bit and he's gone down like a sack of spuds and um you can see peter nicholas over him saying stay down stay down then obviously because i think that at that point because this had happened and i think that they knew uh oh they've scored the last minute winner uh, last minute equalizer here where we're going into extra, extra time and these are all on a high and i think that they were kind of like seeing the mind games coming over them then with the Banger fans behind their goal and no matter what end we were attacking the Banger fans were going to go and walk behind that goal and they were going to give pelters to that keeper after what had just happened um, and it, it we just went from strength to strength within the, within extra time as well and we won a penalty then Reese Griffiths got sent off and then we scored again with like a bit of a deflect deflection off Carl Noon and I think as soon as that goal went in and the fans erupted, we our name was on the cup really. Um, yeah. So it just shows how important they are to to us as a club and everything we've well everything that I did when I was there really. And uh, did you? So when did the permanent deal happen then? Because I want to go and mention Michelland because uh, you qualified for the Europa League by winning the cup. But I want to know um, did the when did that permanent deal happen then? Was that before the Michelin game or after the Michelin game? No, no, no. It was before we had the Welsh Cup final on the Sunday, I think. And I was finding out on the Monday at Tramia whether I was getting kept on or not. Um, so obviously on, on the Sunday, I wasn't really out with everyone celebrating and things because I knew I had to go and sit down with Ronnie Moore the next day and find out whether I still had a job. Um, so it was a case of all the best lads, you know, and the lads were like, we won't see you again. You know, thanks for everything you've done and all that. Um, and then I remember I went in on the Monday morning and he, he told me he was going to release me and things. I came out and I'd already had two missed calls off Nev. Um, <laughs> two Don't missed go. calls off him. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I, I called him back. And I told him what had happened. And he was like, right, okay, leave it with don't don't be doing nothing else. Leave, leave it with me. Leave it with me. So but in the same meeting with Ronnie Moore, he was like, you know, I know that Bangor had taken in our beats. I think you're better than I think you could go on trial at League Two and all that. And, you know, at that time, you're thinking, right, I've done this for, the, for my whole life. 
I've I've got to that point now where I'm enjoying adult football because I'd enjoyed that season with Bangy, you know, without saying I'd, I'd done well really that season. Um, I got a couple of personal awards, but obviously we'd won the Welsh Cup for the first time in how long, and um, and I remember thinking to myself, right, so do I want to go on trial at clubs and it's a what if and I could be left hanging on and. Or do I want to go and get something sorted now and then I could go and try and find a job? Or do, do, and you're at that crossroads in your life, aren't you, really? And I remember thinking to myself, right, OK. So it was literally the same day that I got released that I actually spoke to Nev and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll come and sign. Um, and I remember literally within minutes of me putting the phone down to Nev saying, I'll come and sign. I had, I had Steve Leesdale on the phone to me, who was the previous banger manager who was at Lee RMI. Um, and when I was 11 years of age, he was my coach at Everton. And he said to me at 11 years of it, been in my that I was still in primary school. He turned around and said to me, you're never going to be a footballer. You'll never make it at 11. And I'm thinking, so I've always held that grudge against them. Um, and he called me when I got released by Tramia. Um, and he been in mind, he'd been banger manager and he was giving me on the phone, um, he said, it's Steve Leesdale, the RMI manager, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, yeah. So he said, um, I've heard you've been released, just wondering if you want to come down, have a little look. I said, no, I've signed for Banger. He said, you've done what? I said, I've signed for Banger. He said, you want to go down to that shit ground with those shit players and that shit pitch and go to that shit league every week? And I was like, yeah. I said, because I, that's not my opinions, that's yours. And he just went, okay, bye, and put the phone down. So it shows what type of person he was. Been in mind, he just left that club. Well, um, put, it this, put it this way as well. I, I mean, you weren't the one who made a, an embarrassment of himself on national television <laughs> for, for Peterborough. I know. I, I know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Mean, I, I remember watching that, right? And uh, it was it's on YouTube, so you can easily share it and everything. Yeah. But I, I just I remember uh, asking Andy Legg about it because he was the um, assistant manager or one of the coaches, I, I think it was a Peterborough yeah. when he was there. And he just got up and left. And I thought, what the fuck is that about? And then he, yeah. And the next, you know, he's a banger. And I went, the freaking hell is going on with it? <laughs> madness, isn't it? I know. It's madness. Football. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then, um, obviously, I'd, I'd already arranged with Nev. And literally, I put the phone down to Nev. Alan Morgan rang me. I said, I believe that you've um, you've, you've agreed to sign. I mean, I was like, yeah. He said, all right, where, where do you live? So I told him where you live. He said, all right, um, I'll be there in 20 minutes. So he drove from his house in the Wirral to make sure that I signed the contract to, <laughs> to get it done in Duster. Then it was need all... For, need um, for into the countryside. I was like... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it was... It, it just felt right for me at the time. And, you know, hopefully it, people will think that I did make the right decision to stay on. Because um, I stayed there for eight, nine years after. Um, but then you... In the back of my mind as well, I'm thinking to myself, right, I've this could backfire here because I've gone from being full time. So I was training Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday at, Tram- at Tramia, but going into Bangor on a Tuesday night and Thursday night as well, and then playing over Saturday. So I was obviously fitter than everyone else at that time. So I'm, I'm thinking to myself, oh shit, is this going to be like a bit of a second season blues here where I'm not training every week because it is hard as soon as you come out to full-time football it is hard to adjust to that training only twice a week and things um, but it obviously I'd like to say it did work out well for me um, and yeah see, didn't look back 
So it, and then um, that was literally the day after the Welsh Cup final. So then we we obviously had the big build up then to the Michelin game. Yeah. When did you? So when you said about uh, Bleasdale saying all oh, that shit players and everything, um, I bet. I mean, I, I don't know why. I mean, I don't want to take a jab to him because we, we want to talk about the, the positive sides of Bangor City, you know. Yeah. And uh, but the thing is, you know, you just qualify for the Europa League every yeah. single season or the, even the Champions League in the future. So it's technically not shit when you're qualifying for European football and playing mm-hmm. against, you know, international, yeah. uh, well, European teams. So it's it's, uh, uh, you know, common sense wise, it's you've hit the jackpot, you know. So yeah, and 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 especially, uh, I bet you the players that you played with, it's like oh farewell, and then in the next day or the two <laughs> days later, it's like we saw you gone. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But, so yeah, when, I, when that, I remember calling. Yeah. Chris Sargent and I said oh been released and he went is he mad he said what are you doing then he said he's never been on TS so he was straight into me then um, but yeah I, I, I just couldn't have left I don't think I, I don't I don't think I was ready to leave no and uh, well and I didn't. well it it, it, it worked uh, brilliantly because you went on to play for yeah. um, play for Bangor you know whether it be full time part time whatever you know and it was it was on a mm-hmm. permanent um, and then the Michelin game comes around and uh, all right, the result's not the best, but you're playing against a, one of the top teams in Danish football, you know, uh, alongside with Copenhagen or Copenhagen, whatever you want to call it. But uh, mm, yeah, but, yeah. But Michelin, and I mean, uh, i got to say about Michelin, I mean, um, I remember when TNS played them the second time and they had mm-hmm. to play in the Cardiff City Stadium. And it was a season, uh, funny enough, it was when, in a couple of days later, Barry had to play TNS in the um, in the opening game. So we went there, and <laughs> we there was only blessing. There was only five or seven Michelin fans that turned up, and yeah. uh, and we just stood with them, and we were just going for it. And <laughs> and, like, and and the TNS, well, TNS fans, uh, let's just say they weren't the best of pleased because they were just going, yeah. oh no, Barry Lock came. <laughs> so we're there going, we can't understand Danis, but we're loving life. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, so um, yeah. what was it like for you, uh, for you and the players to go to uh, uh, Denmark and uh, play against Michelland? Yeah, it, it, it was, it was an eye opener for, for a lot of people, just the facilities and everything around. Um, and I'll tell you the story about what happened in the tunnel in a minute. But going back to the home game, we we, we were one all at half time. Les Davis had scored at half time, and we're thinking to, to ourselves, oh my word, one all at half time. It's all right, this. And then they, they just signed somebody from Barnsley called Christiansen or something, a striker. And he came on and scored about four in the second half. And <laughs> we were like, well, that's that done. Um, <laughs> But at the time, obviously, you don't realise, but they had, they had Winston Reid right back, who obviously went on to play for West Ham. Um, they had a lad on the, wind, on the wing, sorry, called someone boring. And I remember our right back, Dave Swanick, he literally crawled off the pitch because he was shattered, just literally chasing, because he, he, was, he was like shit off a shovel, honestly, just chasing them all game. Um, and then we went out to, to fin- not Finland, sorry, we went out to Denmark, and the stadium and everything was, it was just like, you know, like it, it, it's funny because like some of the lads are going, oh my word, look, it's even got the electronic advertising boards around the outside, you know, just little things like that, that we, we'd never ever thought that we'd see with that, unless we were going to watch a game of football and, and we're playing in it, do you know what I mean? And it, it, it's just surreal to, to say that you've done it. Um, 
like and then obviously I think that there must be about 14 games that I've done now um within Europe and like there's not many people particularly many people that play for Lear and I at the time because I said that you know they're going to go on to play so many games in Europe and albeit I've only ever won one <laughs> but you know it, it, it's done you know and some people never ever get to it some professional players never ever get to experience playing in games like that um and it, it, it's just it's mind-blowing that you've done it you've gone to places like Michelin who ended up drawing Liverpool in the Champions League group this year and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I've been there, I've played there, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It, it is, it, it's just surreal. It, the experiences are unbelievable and some that you'll, you will cherish forever. I remember sure. being at that tunnel story, yeah. yeah. Anyway, obviously, we're 6-1 down from the first leg uh, and they've put, like, you know, like the fringe players out and things like that and we're in the tunnel and Alan Morgan is proper chirpy. I don't know whether you've ever come across him and he was, like, Aberystwyth manager or Orlando, no manager, but he is proper chirpy and he's gone in the tunnel and he's gone, it's all right, lad. We score five, we're through. And honestly, about four of their players just turned to him and burst out laughing at him. And we we're thinking, yeah, cheers, Morgs. <laughs> that just made us look even worse. Um, but we didn't score five. We ended up conceding four and got beat 4 0. So it wasn't too bad. <laughs> um, oh, man. But Mitchelland, it's always been a very top side anyway. But it's always been, you're always very fortunate to go up against a team like that anyway. It's, it's like you said, you know, they, they've drawn and uh, against uh, Liverpool in the Champions League. So you know where you stand. You say, well, I've played against them, you know, and uh, yeah. And you, you're always going to have that with you and you're going to have the mm-hmm. pictures and everything. But going into the, the following season then um, with Bangor City, <laughs> success came. Success came again. You won the Welsh Cup again, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. um, and it was against uh, Lechley once again. Uh, I think no, it, it was um, it was Aberystwyth the second year, but it was in Clenetley. Oh. Right, oh, right, because yeah. uh, see on my notes, so I um, yeah. it was on my notes that it said Clenetley uh, at Aberystwyth, so it must have been uh, the, yeah, the other way around, yeah, yeah, around. yeah. So, my bad. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, don't worry. <laughs> Aberystwyth at Clenetley. Um, uh, uh, so, what was it? What was the season like then for you? Uh, especially because you're you're now, like I said, on the permanent. But at the same time, winning, you're going on to winning your second Welsh Cup. Yeah, it was. It, to be honest, it was a bit of the same, really, in terms of how we performed in the league. We we were doing really, really well against the bigger teams, but then the lesser sides, we we were just conceding goals and losing points. And I think we finished about fourth or fifth again in the league. Um. But obviously, looking at it from the cup perspective, we we beat some big t- like we beat Rill that year in the cup on penalties. Again, we lost Mark Limby, went down to ten men um, early on in the game, and we ended up beating them. But within that season, I could I didn't feel as I didn't feel as sharp as I did. I didn't feel as as honoured as I did at, at the, the very start of the season. But then as the season progressed, and you you get used to it again and you're getting used to the only training twice a week. It does, uh, you do get it back because then you need to realise you're on the same level as everybody else then and you can't just turn up and do what you what you did last year. Um, so it, on a personal level, I didn't, I'm under no illusions, I didn't reach the heights I did the season before. Um, but obviously we, we ended up getting to the final and, and winning the Welsh Cup again. Um and that that's obviously what already at least twelve games unbeaten in the Welsh Cup. 
in two years. Um, and then that run obviously extended another two years following that. Um, so yeah, I did I did struggle at first to find my feet a little bit again in the Welsh Prem. Um, but because, funny enough, I started, oh no, that was the following season. Nev had this bright idea to play me centre mid the following season, but that soon changed. Um, yeah, I, James Brewerton had come in and Lee, Lee Webber had left. So I, I was getting to know Brewy and things and it, it just wasn't the same for me. I think it must have took me about three months to get settled again and then kick on again then. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit tough the second season. Uh, but hopefully, again, I did win people over. <laughs> but And uh, you go on to qualify for Europe again in the Europa League, and this time it's, it's in Finland, which is going to be the first of many <laughs> Finnish, yeah. uh, Finnish travels for you and the banger. Yeah. But it was uh, Honka Espoo, uh, if I think I got it right. And... Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it's, it's not too bad in saying, you know, it was on aggregate, it was 3-0. So it was a very competitive two legs, mm-hmm. you know, to come in. And yeah. uh, so um, ex- explain to us, because uh, this is, like I said, it's not the first time you're going to be playing against a Finnish side, but it's not the last time as well that you're going to be playing mm-hmm. against uh, Honka Espoo. So for the first time, what was it like to be going up against that Finnish side or Finland side? They, yeah, they they were they were very well organised. Um, they had a nice little setup, and then things changed the following year, which we'll speak about, I'm sure, in a bit. But um, when we first went there, you you could, I think personally that first year we played against Honka, they were a lot better than Michelin. Um, they just seemed better organised, and they were a lot more. I don't know, a lot technically better than what Michelin were. Um, but we'd obviously brought in a, a couple more players, like we brought Dave Morley in, who um, who had obviously played so many league games. We had the likes of Chris Sharper come in, and he, he, things could have been different in that tie. He went through, and someone tried to pull pull him, and he was too honest and stayed up on his feet, and he should he should have threw himself down because he would have got a penalty in Europe, uh, and that was our chance. I I feel that was our chance to to get something out of that game. Um, so, it, I, again, I think we improved. We, I think Nev strengthened the squad well, but I do think they were a little bit better than Michelin, but we'd got, we'd moved up a little bit because obviously with the Welsh Cup wins, with the European, your budget gets that little bit bigger, doesn't it? So you, you attract those other players. You, you get your Dave Morley's who's played so many league games. You get your Chris Sharps who, who wants to prove a point against Real and things. Do you know what I mean? So it's... Um, it, it, it was, they, they, I'd say they were a little bit better, but we, we'd improved and it was quite a tight game, yeah. And <laughs> so following season, even though in the league you finish fifth or sixth again, surprise, surprise, yeah. you win the Welsh Cup yeah. again. <laughs> so third, won the Welsh Cup again, yeah. The third Welsh Cup yeah. in a row against uh, Port Albert. Um, mm-hmm. I've got, Port Albert always holds a special place in my heart um, because they've always supported... Uh, uh, my team and my club in the past and everything, and they've yeah. got a good set of fan base. So, um, uh, so what was your initial impression then going into that third Welsh Cup? Because apparently, um, uh, a lot of people say that it was one of um, it was a very memorable Welsh Cup final uh, mm-hmm. because uh, they I don't know they said it was like a top ten Welsh Cup finals or something like that, and yeah. One of one of the places was 
Banga v Port Albert 3-2 at Llechli, if I think I'm right. Uh, uh, I, I don't know why. So if you want to kindly uh, just elaborate why it was, it was a big final and why it was yeah. it and how did you go on to win I think, it? I think basically it was because we'd obviously underachieved in the league because of what, you know, we'd, we'd brought players in. There'd been a bit of money through about and we had brought players in that we're going to strengthen us to try and push up the leagues to get those automatic European spots because I think it went down to third in those days. Um, and then we actually, Port Albert actually finished third, so they were already in Europe. So we, we're now, we're now literally our season's dependent on this result. So no matter what happens to them, they, they've got nothing to lose. They, they're in Europe anyway. So we, we goes 2-0 up in the first half. And obviously... We're in Clonetley, so it's down south. Port Albert have got so many fans there because, as you just said, they've got a great following. And I'd go, obviously, I've never had the experience of playing against Barry, but I'd go as far as saying Port Albert were the ones that you'd always enjoyed going to because it 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 just reminded you of Farrow Road in a way, even yeah, though yeah. The, the ground looked a little bit different. It just reminded you of the way it was, um, and the fans were always had a good crack with you and things. Um, so we went into the final, knowing quite well that they they'd done really well that year and they had some unbelievable players. Um and Lee Kendall, God, he was a nemesis a proper nemesis to us in, in goal. And he, he literally signed just for the final, I think. And he kept doing that no matter where he was. So like we, we ended up having rivalries with Prestatton and he was just signing for Prestatton to play against us, and it was it was weird. Um so anyway, he was in goal and we went 2-0 up. I think he missed the header. Came out, missed, went into Sermon maybe or Matthew Reese, and missed the header. And we would scored two goals quite early on, and then we went in two nil up, first half, and then second half they come out flying and scored two goals. And we were, we 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 there was a Scott Barrow went through and it's a shot. And honestly, it must have missed the, the post by about that much. And if that would have went in, we would have gone like we, that. It, it's fine margins in it, and that would have been us done. Um, but then obviously we. Dave Morley pops up back post against the biggest player I've ever seen in my life in Matthew Reese, and he pops the header in back back post, and we're we're in Europe, and then obviously that was probably one of like the last kick of the game, and then it all and you know you know what was good even when we were there and we lifted the trophy and things the poor Talbot fans are still there uh, clapping us on and that because I think. There's a real mutual respect between Port Talbot fans and Banger fans as well. You know, we see on Twitter when they're, they're still messaging each other, we can't wait to come and do this, can't wait to come and do that. And it, that I think that the respect both clubs had for each other, Nev was good mates with Mark Jones. And I think that no matter who won that day, you would have been happy for them in in, in a way, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But Port Talbot were already in Europe. So they they had nothing to lose. I'm I'm pretty sure they would have liked to have had a Welsh Cup winners medal in the pocket, but um, I think that that's why it's such a good final because of the the early start we had, and then they come back, and then the late drama with Dave Morley scoring the other, and they were they'd already qualified. We needed it to, to make our season again, um, and obviously that's now three years without losing a game in the Welsh Cup. So. Yeah. Everyone was calling Nev the magician, weren't they? <laughs> Welsh Cup magician. Well, you must have been some wonder kid as well because you you just come in and all of a sudden, bam, three months <laughs> your belt, you know. Um, and I think you know what I'm, I'm going to back that up with what you said. You know, there's the mutual respect with the Port Albert and Banger fans because uh, 
Uh, it's like at, at Barry, you know, um, we've always got this mutual respect for Canavon because uh, they mm. were the, they're the closest things that we came, you know, uh, with in, in terms of following and good support and everything, you know, even though there's that bickerness and everything. But at the same time, we, we always have that respect. And um, even though I think at this moment, uh, whether or not it's true or not, but we heard that they were having some problems because of the COVID situations and everything mm-hmm. that we were a bit... Um, worried for them because we're worried for them that you know if they go then we haven't got this uh, I know yeah. other fa- I know other clubs have got fans but that we've always say oh they're on par with us because we can have a proper um, yeah. terrorist football atmosphere you know and it's that fanat- uh, fanaticism that really drives the players on and um, I, I could completely agree with you on that when we're at the likes of Port Albert mm-hmm. and Bangor because that's why I said it, um, when Bangor when we returned into the Welsh Premier League and we went up against Bangor, but little did we know about uh, the, the situations that we were a bit gutted because we wanted, we wanted that from Bangor. We thought, because the stories were saying, oh, the Bangor fans, you know, for fair play. Yeah. And we thought, right, come on then, let's. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so, yeah, fair play. I could completely understand and agree with you on, on, on that one. And so you could qualify for Europe. Yet again, and this time on Cares Poo. I bet you yeah. when the I bet you when the draw came, I bet you just went, Oh for crying out loud. Actually, no, we've yeah. done the homework on them, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. The worst thing was though in Finland it was like ten pounds a pint, so we were like, oh, not again, we've got to oh, go on a Scandinavian go... countries with their prices yeah. is <laughs> Yeah. I remember a mate of mine, he, yeah. uh, his, his old man tried to uh, smuggle the Heineken kids into the country. Yeah, yeah he yeah. said uh, he, he tried to smuggle in a crate in a suitcase and uh, and for some reason they just caught him with it. And he was like, what are you trying to do, bring in beer into the country? And he went, have you seen your fucking prices? <laughs> <laughs> it's right, though. Yeah, no, he just, and in all fairness to, in all fairness to um, I, I don't know if it was Norway or something, it must have been Norway. But in all fairness to the customs, they said, look, we agree with you, but you can't take it with you. And he was, <laughs> and my mate said, he just left the airport with his pulled up suitcase there going, fuck this guy, the name of <laughs> I want to buy Heineken. I can at least yeah. get another pint. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was funny, fair play to yeah. So yeah, uh, uh, hunger is poo. But um, it was another drama one because... Uh, so in the uh, let me just have a look now. So in the first leg, it was one all. So yeah, give a penalty hard. away. Uh, give it. Oh, so, like, and they missed it. <laughs> they missed it. Hold on, keep save there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was um, so it was one all in the first leg. But um, yeah, uh, was it Dave? You said Dave Morley when you uh, uh, who scored? One as the Welsh Cup. Yeah. Yeah, one as the Welsh Cup. Well, yeah, yeah. He, he had to come in once again, you know, because uh, they went 1-0 up in the well, first 20 minutes of the game. Yeah. Then I've got, uh, in the 85th minute, uh, Morley then scores the equaliser, so it brings it back. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, uh, I, I've put down Jones. I, I, I couldn't find his first name. Chris Jones, yeah. Chris, Chris Jones. Jones. He scored, he scored the, the away goal as well. He scored the goal away. Um, and yeah, I think it was... Peter Oyle said the the equaliser was him because and it, to be fair if you if you watch the clip Dave Morley comes in and heads the ball and Peter Oyle's just standing on the goalkeeper like that and it's just it's Peter Oyle and goes in so and, and you can see him running away quite selfish Peter Oyle he's running away going it's my goal it's my goal so I think it was his goal um, but then I, it was mad because 
we signed someone from Colwyn Bay called Alan Bull. I don't know whether you, you remember him, but he came on. He was just like this raw talent, to be honest. He, um, he just excelled that season for us. But he came on against Hunker in the home leg and he changed the tie, completely flipped it on its head because he was so direct. He didn't know what to do with him. And he'd, he'd already created one or two good openings. Nick, Nick Ward must have missed a a ball across the goal and it was just the goal in front he must have missed it by about that much and we could feel ourselves getting on top and then once Dave Morley had scored we were thinking right we're going to go we're going to go for this and then a corner came in I think or a free kick and he got out of the back out to Nick Ward and he's just he he would have been the man he was like 33 at the time maybe 32 will kill me for telling you his age he's just took a proper swing at the shot and it, it's gone. It was going wide of the post. And Chris Jones has just literally stuck a leg out and it's gone in. And like the, I'd love to say the whole stadium went mental, but it didn't because it was in Wrexham. There was only like a small section of us. Uh, it just went nuts. And Chris Jones, don't know where they got the energy from, ran the whole end of the pitch to go and celebrate in front of the Banger fans. Where are they? Where are they? <laughs> yeah, it, it's, you know what, what's, what's nice as well? My family never really come and watch me play football. And when Chris Jones is celebrating in front, you can see my brothers giving it loads of, and you, you can just see my family in front of them celebrating, do you know what I mean? And that, that for me is like a, a special moment in football, but at the time you just don't realise what, what you've done. Like, even the celebrations after, I remember just sitting in the dressing room and and thinking, what's just happened? That You just... I know that people probably say, like, say, oh, we've gone through, like, TNS plays, we go through in, in the first round every time. But for us, the team who, who's gone from nearly losing the European place a couple of seasons ago to now, it's it's unbelievable. Mm. It is. And then you go on to play against... Oh, sorry. Uh... You... Oh, sorry, you've just gone on mute there. I don't know why, but Siri's just kicked in. Go on, sorry. Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you hear me now again? Yeah, 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 go on, no, mate, yeah. No, I was just going to say... Um... So you go on to the third qualifying round and it was a Portuguese side, uh, Maritimo. Uh, I think that's how yeah. you pronounce it, uh, Maritimo. And uh, all right, it, in terms of aggregate, the result, it wasn't the very best, but it's like the, the first leg, uh, it was very close. You know, I think we were a, a 2-1. Uh, no, that, that, was the, that was the return leg. The, two return. the first leg was, oh, the, the, first, was the big hitter. Yeah, the big yeah. hitter. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I gotta yeah. do my research probably. Come on, do you know what? No, no, no. Yeah. I, I wish, I wish the first leg was that close. To be honest. <laughs> um, so wait, yeah. so even though it wasn't the very best of um, results, you know, to concede, but what was it like to go out into Portugal, especially uh, with um, probably the banger fans following you uh, into Portugal? Yeah, well, yeah. You, you know what? We you can ask anyone who was in that squad who won the league last season. That one was the league that that trip. I'd love, to, I'd love to say that game, but it wasn't. It was a holiday because we, we knew we'd qualify. Obviously, we got through that round, which no one expected us to do. So we then shitloads for the club and we had done over the past two years as well. So there was a combination of things. And I remember like we're all obviously waiting for the draw. And I was only a student at the time. Lads are in work and stuff. Um, um, the draw comes through and this team called Maritimo comes through and we're like, who on earth are they? When you start Googling, they're in the same league as Porto and Sport and Lisbon and places like that. And then we, we look where it is. And it's not actually in Portugal. It's down on the island of Madeira. 
So we're thinking, oh my word, we're going to Medina for a couple of nights. But then Nev rings us within like a day of the draw saying, listen, it's cheaper to go for the week. So <laughs> we're thinking, right, okay, the, um, you can either, we can pay like a shitload of money to, to fly out and come back two or three days, or we can go half board for a week in Medina. And we're thinking, hang on a minute, there's got to be a catch somewhere here. Um, so obviously I wasn't a problem, but it was get the other lads getting time off work so soon because the draw came out on the Friday and we were flying out on the Monday. Do you know what I mean? So they yeah. were having to try and swindle holidays and things. I mean, I, I was on a zero-hour contract in Sports Direct at the time because I was a student, so I was just like, I'm not coming in. Um, so they were... It, luckily enough, there was only three of us who couldn't come for the week. It was Dave Morley, Chris Roberts and Craig Garside, but they, they to be fair, the club paid for them to come out just for the three days and then went back home. Um, so, yeah, the Monday morning comes and we're going to Medina to play in the Europa League on the Thursday. And honest to God, it was just a piss up. I'm not going to lie. From from the Monday morning, <laughs> the lads were on the ale in the airport. With I think a couple may have had like a couple of red wines on the Wednesday night, but not, not many drank on the Wednesday night because obviously we were playing on the Thursday. Um, and the Banger fans know this because they were with us. <laughs> you know, they, were, they were there sharing it with us. So from the Monday to the Wednesday it was just a drinking session and then from the Thursday night after the game till the following Monday when we come home it, it was just like a lad's holiday honestly it was unbelievable but that that is what definitely brought us together and won us the league because we, we had brought a couple of players in and things and we got to know people a lot more and, and that season from that holiday well, I say holiday from that holiday we went on to win, I don't know, 17, 18 league games without dropping a point following that. Um, so for any managers out there, that's the way forward. Take the lads away for a week and <laughs> go on a run like yeah. that. You know, I, yeah. I, I wished, um, uh, hopefully one day it will happen. But uh, when uh, when we went to uh, Belfast to play against Cliftonville for, with Barry, you know, we, we were only there for a, uh, for a day. And um, and some of us, we just hope that the the Barry players would be, you know, because I, I think they were told to, to stay at the hotel and have a drink. And we were there going, oh, we don't care. What about the resort? Let's just go where, where, where are the players yeah. going? Where are the players uh, staying? We'll, yeah. we'll go to the bar there. But we all of us hope to one day in the future go out with them and have a couple of drinks because that's what the players want as well. And that's the very yeah. best thing. They want that. Because they want that close, tight uh, relationship. But, uh, uh, you know, just thinking of going in and playing in Europe, I mean... And you, you don't even call yeah. it, like, a proper work. It is a holiday, you know? It's just like, right... Yeah. Come on, don't, don't get me wrong. The other the other times where just, like, you fly out on the Tuesday, you train on the Wednesday, you play on the Thursday, you have a night out on the Thursday, you're back on the Friday. But this Madeira one was something else, honestly. It was yeah. unbelievable. Nev made us train on the... Uh, I think it was on the Saturday, maybe, after we played on the Thursday. But I don't think many people had slept from the Thursday. So that training session on the Saturday morning, honestly, if someone would have had a camera, they would, it'd still be getting shown now on YouTube and everything, funniest <laughs> football moments or something. Honestly, it was just such a good time for us to have. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll never, ever 
forget that holiday. Never. <laughs> For all the wrong reasons. <laughs> so, um, going on to then the 2010-11 uh, season where you became champions of the, the season and one of the and one of the games was an 8-1 victory against uh, Batal, but so you really uh, uh, made sure who was going to be uh, the, the winners of the league and uh, but yeah. it was very it was very close in, in terms of mm. you know, between Bangor and TNS because obviously TNS were sort of the dominant team going you know and uh, but it, it, you had 70 points and they had, what, 68 points, 67, 68 points. So they were yeah. not really far behind. Um, so no. so when did you find out that, when was the pivotal moment that you knew or the players knew that, right, this is the game. If we win this, we're champions. Or was there a game that TNS lost that you guys thought, yeah, we, we could go on. We can actually do this. We can actually win the league. Well, just tell us about that season and when did you actually yeah, it, become champions? To be honest, it was really, really surreal. We we literally went on that run from the first game of the season. I think we may have played Neath maybe with Trundle and every when Trundle had first come into the league, um, and we 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 beat them. And then you're thinking, then oh, all right, we've beat Neath. You know, we we can give it a bit of a go here and. And then things, it's just, it was just like a snowball effect. We, we just literally beat everyone that we played until we hit Prestaton on New Year's Day. Um, we drew with Airbus in between. Well, I think that may have just been just before Christmas. Um, and then we played Prestaton. I'm not, I can't remember whether it was New Year's Day or Boxing Day. but um, And they, they were the ones to, to break the run. Um, they beat us. And it was... It was horrible because we had a rivalry with Prestaton and they were they were always loving beating us. You know, when when they beat us, they loved it. Like the the fans and everyone were made up to the beat banger and and the fact that they knocked us off our pitch in a way off that unbeaten run. Um and we must have been at Christmas, I'd say, about 12 points clear uh, at the top of the league. And then that draw against Airbus and the defeat to press that and just seemed to deflate us. We lost Jamie Reid, who was obviously the top goal scorer. He went to York. Um, and then we just couldn't buy a win, honestly. We, I think we beat press that in the return in the return game or something because the league split, didn't it? It mm. went from... That was the first season of the 12 teams. Um, so our aim, obviously, at the start of the season was finishing that top six because if you finish in that top six at the split... You still guarantee the crack at Europe. We never, honestly, we never in a million years thought that we'd go on to do what we did. Um, and anyone would tell you that, never tell you that. The fans would probably tell you that. Um, and then we, we went through a couple of horrible games and we were losing. I remember Reese Griffith screaming to Nev, um, You fucked it, Nev, you fucked it. That, that's it, it's done. Uh, and at the time, you're probably thinking, oh, he's right. You know, it, we we are because we we were we were just get TNS were just closing that gap slowly and in the end they overtook us and then it came to and you're talking about moments when we think hang on we could go and do this here we we had an um, a bank holiday weekend down South Wales um, we played Port Talbot on the Saturday and we had Neath on the Monday so we travelled down in cars on the Friday night stayed over and. Um, Play them, and then we were staying over till the following Monday. Then, 
um, after the Neath game. So if we beat Port Talbot, we 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 would have still been in a chance of qualifying, finishing second. So we beat Port Talbot, and we're thinking, right, okay, but you know this, we're we're in a good position here. We can go on to if we beat Neath, we're guaranteed to be in the Europa League. We're guaranteed to finish second. So and obviously Neath were full time at the time. They had all the big players, um, and we we ended up beating Neath on the on the Monday, and I think TNS had drew or lost on that same day. So that put us into second place. Couldn't be caught by third, so we were guaranteed Europe. And now we were two points away from TNS. So obviously we're and we were playing them the following week in the last game of the season. So we're thinking, well, what have we got to lose? We're, we're guaranteed Europe. We we were we'd also managed to get to the Welsh Cup final again. Um, so we had two ways of Europe in a way. We were already guaranteed through the league. We were in the Welsh Cup final. And then we were playing TNS the following week at home at Farrah Road to to try and clinch the title. So with um obviously the build up then starts to the league to the the last game of the season and that was for them to only need a point and us needing to win a draw wouldn't have done us. I think I I just don't think we would have lost that game honestly. And what happened when you when you did? Be, was it did beat TNS um, to go on to become uh, champions? I mean, that must have been party time atmosphere just going off, especially at Faro Road as well. I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it was unbelievable. Like, even when you, I know um, the game was put back on Scorio, wasn't it, throughout lockdown, the first lockdown, and just reliving it was unbelievable. The, um, and it, and it, it you'd, you'd say that you did this, that, and the other, but you, you just can't really, you just don't take it in at the time. I remember sitting there, well, sorry, standing there. And me bro, again, my brother didn't, didn't really come, he only seems to come to the big games. And he, he just literally ran onto the pitch of Farrah Road and grabbed hold of me. And he said, I could just feel you shaking. And I, I just didn't know what had happened because to beat TNS, it, it was just unheard of for me as a player. We, we did, we, we had actually managed it a couple of times that season, but to do it and to win the league and then to see, all of these fans just coming on the pitch and I'm thinking to myself, what on earth has just happened? Do you know what I mean? And then, unfortunately, I got man of the match and then he had to go and do an interview with someone. I just didn't know what to say. I was just frozen. My hair was down here. I had to be on spider fringe because people were rubbing my head and just the elation was unbelievable. You And then you're in the dressing room and again, it was one of those moments like at Wrexham when we beat Honker thinking, has that just happened? Have we generally just won the league? And yeah, it was it's just amazing. <laughs> and he was even, oh man, do you know what? I, I just can't wait for the day that I get to see that as well. But I mean, for the Bangor City fans, that must have, you know, meant a lot to them, you know, and pro- probably you guys mm-hmm. went out partying with them, even still probably thinking, you know, did that still happen? I mean, yeah, you know, even years in the future, you, you just probably now you're looking back going, yeah. Nah, those medals are not in my cabinet mm. right now, you know. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah. um, I bet you when the Champions League uh, draw came, I bet you were thinking of right, we, we got some of the big teams, you know, we could we could draw against, you know, and uh, um, because you know you've you've seen you know the likes of um, uh, TNS, you know, drawing with Liverpool or um, you know because they won the Champions League and you must have had that idea in your head, and then all of a sudden it's. Um, 
where is it H uh, HJK Helsinki or something like that, uh, and it's Finland yeah. again. I bet you guys were thinking, yeah. for God's sake, <laughs> I know, I know, and so is your wallet. <laughs> yeah, we're thinking so ourselves. Like you just couldn't write it. We're going to Finland again, exactly the same city because Honka. We stayed in Helsinki as well, so it, it was a bit like home from home at the time. Really, you know, we've been to Finland the last three years, um, but I, we played at Rill the first leg against Helsinki and uh, obviously at the time he wasn't a big name but it was I, I can't even pronounce his name is it Pucky the, the lad who plays for Norwich oh yeah yeah uh, Timo Pucky yeah he, he was playing up front for them um, and I remember never went out to watch them and he was like oh they got they got um, a coloured lad sent to me that he's awful can't kick a ball doesn't know what to do and honestly God he was the best player on the pitch like when he comes to real, you couldn't get even Les Davis was trying to push him off the ball. He, he, he you just bounced off him. Um, so I don't think Nev's scouting tactics were. Um, but it was quite a close game at home. It was only 3 <laughs> 0. Um, yeah, we got B 3 0 at home. Um, and then we went out to Finland thinking, you know, we if we just keep things tight and we we stick to what we we're gonna do. And it, it was all right up until half time, and I think we it was one nil. I think at half time, and then the floodgates just opened. Then we unfortunately we broke the record for the biggest aggregate defeat in the Champions League and stuff like that. So lucky us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, at least you didn't lose to a, a San Marino side like Ballard did. Yeah, you know? sure. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember. I will never. I mean, I will never. Have, I mean, I had um, Alex Ramsey on the um, on the podcast. Uh, well funny enough just a, a week ago and um we were talking and i and i just had a laugh with him saying oh you know because he was uh coming up to play against barry that week yeah. and i said oh just be well, careful you, you got in his head well then didn't you yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> well funny enough I, I i do the volunteering ball boy stuff so i was literally watching all the goals as Alex yeah. was like oh steam coming out uh, of his ears. Um, <laughs> i'm there just go in <laughs> like that because <just> <laughs> all the guys all the guys were just looking at me going freeze and i just went yeah i didn't do anything <laughs> i do all I said was, be careful with this you, you just got a little too careful that's why <laughs> but um no I, I i remember just uh watching that ballet game against uh, uh the i think it was trey fury or trepen whatever it was and uh just uh even though they beat him one nil, and then they go off to San Marino and lose three 0 I just thought, what? I, I mean, you could understand, you know, losing to like a team from Finland. You can obviously understand, you know, because the levels, levels of competitiveness mm. and how much they train, you know, and you could even say that about the Faroe Island sites and everything. But a, a team like, I mean, no disrespect to San Marino, but you, common sense or realistically, you should be going in there to dominate them because you're more far advanced than they are, you know. Um, but mm. that's. But until it's three now, I thought, oh Christ! <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I mean, your history. I mean, you, you've ever since you started playing for Bangor and even finishing it, you've always had European football and Welsh cups and even the Welsh Premier League. And you know, I, I just, um, I mean, I know we covered a lot here, but I just want to say, you know, that you you finished second in the following season. So, um, but because TNS. When just dominated the league, but then you qualified for yeah. the Europa League, and then obviously you uh, you went to was it Romania this time against uh, Zimbru, Zimbru uh, Mal Moldova. It was that. Oh, it's Moldova, the, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. The following season, we actually it was kind of the same. Um, it was kind of the same outcome with the league, but it was at TNS, so we had to win, and they they could or it was the other way around. Maybe we only needed a draw, and they had to win because it was that close again. Um, but obviously, that I think they beat us about five six nil on the day. They were ruthless. Craig Harrison had come into TNS at the time, and he he just changed everything with them, and they were. They were unbelievable last season, and then they went, they went on for seasons beyond yeah. that, didn't they? And I, won I everything. Just, yeah, I just want to ask your initial opinion about this because uh, obviously, you, because you won the Welsh Premier League and everything, and uh, I could ask a, a Barry player the same thing. But um, uh, this is in regards to TNS, right? And uh, I'm not the biggest fan of TNS. Uh, I've always full full stop said stated I say I'm not a fan of them to begin with, but I want to see your um, opinion. And that is, um, what is your initial opinion of the, today's current um, Welsh Premier League or Cymru Premier experience? And do you think that uh, TNS brought in um, a, a positive, uh, a positive attitude to the league, or do you think they brought in a negative attitude, considering that they just kept dominating all through the season, uh, all through the, you know, the seasons and just winning all the titles? Um, I think with TNS, what it was is everyone aspired to be them. Um, and I think that a lot of fans see it as a see it as oh, I can't believe that they're not even in Wales and things like that. But with TNS, I do feel like they do add value to to the league because you look at the likes of yourselves who who have got that little bit closer to them when 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 you have came up against them, and for your players and fans in a way to see that your team is getting that bit closer to TNS, I think gives you a boost. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? You, yeah, you think, yeah, yeah. oh, hang on a minute. We, we've got something here because we're, and and I'm not, I know it might be a bit different now with Connors Key, but obviously when I was in the league, it, Connors Key weren't that, that team that were dominating. You'd always compared yourself to TNS. You, you're always aspiring to be at that level with them. Um, so I think they, they do add a lot of value to the league and it's a nice place to go. At one point, it was the only AstroTurf pitch. So it was, it was oh, I hate playing on that. But now I can imagine the players that play in there, it's like, uh, it's just second nature to them now. I suppose Connors Key is a different thing to everyone now. Mm. Um, but I, I think the, they, they definitely did add value to the league. And the, the thing I didn't like about them sometimes were they had the pick of the players, really. You know, like they, they took Chris Sarge. Chris Sargent and Chris Sharp from us because they aspire to be going to be full time and it's easy for them. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I think that for for us, like we we love beating TNS as much as we love beating Real or as much as we love beating Haverford West that season. You know, we we you just get that winning mentality, don't you? And if you beat TNS, it is that little bit special because they have dominated for years and things like that. But they hadn't done until Craig Harrison came in. Yeah. Um. When Craig Harrison came in, he just changed everything. And like, even when we beat TNS on the last day of the season to win the league, they didn't really have a, a plan B. Of they were, it, like, been the man. They had to get a goal, and they were still passing out from the back in the last minute. Do you know what I mean? It was, and then we just lump. We we won the league off lumping the ball up to Big Les. You know, it, it was just that that difference. And I think that when Craig Harrison came in, and obviously Carl Darlington was there as well. They just changed everything and they changed the way the whole club was run. Yeah. They changed the football. So I do think that they, I, I would never say that they 
that like I would never spite them for it. Do you know what I mean? They they, they used to they did used to give everyone a bit, and everyone's got their own opinion on them. That's just mine. Yeah. They did used to give everyone a bit of a benchmark to go and put themselves up against. Really, yeah. Now you're saying that because it was it was funny because before lockdown, our last game, you know, before um, last season finished was against TNS, and we yeah. actually drew two all with them. And uh, yeah, uh, did you watch that game? Or uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, did did I, someone uh, score a free kick? Uh, no, it was um, Dineb scored the first two goals in the first yeah. ten minutes of the game, and it, it just it just went along, and then all of a sudden, uh, Luke Cummins scores from. Uh, he says it, it was, he said it was like a cross in, but the cross in turned into a goal. We thought, oh wait yeah. a minute, and then it was a corner in the in the dying minute. Yeah, it was a set of, piece, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Set piece, and Luke Cooper just scores. Yeah. Uh, they say it's an yeah. awful, no, I'm giving that to Luke Cooper, but uh, I don't yeah. know if you saw that fan taking his clothes off. Uh, it, it Let, let's it. say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, no, it, oh, it was, but it was that, like you said, it's that feeling of, oh my god, we've actually taken yeah. TNS right, right at the death, you know. So yeah, but. Um, yeah. Uh, just going on quickly then, because uh, I mean, such a big history, you know, so much to talk about. But I think <laughs> I feel the need to talk about this one, and it's going to go a bit of a slope here. But um, it, it was sort of uh, the 2014 15 season, um, where after so much success in European football, Welsh Cup victories, and winning the league, t- uh, champion, uh, w- becoming champions of the league itself. Um, I, I will never forget it because I, I was just so shocked at what was going on, you know, but it, it seemed to me that Bangor just slipped and they were fighting mm. off relegation. So um, I just wanted to know about your opinion and your story of what, what went on at that time. Was it because of a change? Was it because Neville, Neville was probably on the way out or there was... I think it was just a combination of things, really. We... Um... Obviously, we won the playoffs the season before, so we'd still got in Europe that season. We were still playing the way um, in Iceland um, that season, the start of that season. And we brought some good players in. We had we brought Sam Hart in from Airbus, um, and we had a good bunch of lads there. But we just, I don't know, it just didn't materialise, just didn't kick on the way we wanted it to. And then you get in that little bit of a rut where you just can't buy a win and... Personally, I was struggling myself for form and another baby and she wasn't too well and things like that. And it, it, it was just, I think it was just a combination of things. And then I was in and out the team and, um, you know, you, you haven't really got to settle back for. And and then it just, all of a sudden, we signed Callum Morris in January and he was like the Messiah. Because it, Callum Morris, Lee Healy and Connor Roberts came in. And then Connor Roberts give you that steady goalkeeper. Yeah. Callum Morris scored near enough every game, and we were scraping one nils, two nils, two one wins. And Legally was just knocking a few goals in as well, causing a bit of havoc up front. And especially uh, as well, sorry to interrupt. It's like, and especially Connor yeah, Roberts, yeah. the goalkeeper, yeah. Connor Roberts. He had that call up for Wales, you know, even though he was on the bench yeah. uh, for against the Netherlands. So obviously he's going to bring in that. Uh, Football experience and caliber with him to help Bangor yeah. try and push push on, and especially the likes of the other players. So, so it was those three, especially you know, uh, uh, oh, who, who did you say once again? My mind just slipped. Then Callum so, Morris, the Callum lad Morris, at Connors Key, yeah. yeah, Callum Morris. So it was a bit of a a, a safe haven, you know, yeah. just to stay up. So, 
Um, so, uh, sorry, my, my missus was on the phone there and I just thought, what's that? I know, right? So, it, it was that, but as soon as the new year came in, that's when it started to progress and everything for you guys. Yeah, definitely. Everything changed come the new year. Um, it was, it, it, it was literally Callum Morris that saved us. <laughs> not not going to lie. He did, he scored some important goals and, um, and I, I would go as far as saying that's up there with one of the biggest achievements to stay up that season because um, mm. we were so far behind at Christmas. Um, and then, yeah, we managed to save the season. And so, yeah. <laughs> so afterwards then, it was your last season uh, with Bangor and you went on to sign for Thindidno and then you went on to go and play for Carnarvon. Did any of the Bangor fans have any issue? <laughs> Did they have any issue with you going to Carnarvon going, hang on a minute, You've been playing over 300 games for us. <laughs> and now you're going to no. them. <laughs> no, what to be honest with you, like, yeah. I think I think leaving um and Dudno was one of the biggest things, one of the biggest not mistakes, but one of the biggest regrets I ever had. Um because Morgs wanted me to stay and I wasn't really playing. I was 28, 29 at the time, and I'm thinking I, I want to get out and play and things. And you and Williams have been into me to go there. And I thought, you know what, I'll go and give it a try. And it didn't work out for me. Um, whether people didn't take to me because of who I was, whether I maybe went in with a bit of a, I'm dropping down a league, I'm, I, I, it'll be easy. And it wasn't. It's a very, very tough league to get out of. Um, I just, I, I don't know what, what it was, but things just didn't work out for me. Um, and then Ewan released me. There's a bit of a story behind that and I never let him forget it. That I told him when I signed for Carnarvon, that I was I wasn't available on the tenth of September because of my daughter's birthday, and as I said, when she was born, she wasn't well and things. So I made sure that I was there for the birthdays and stuff. Um, and then I couldn't go to a game against Flint, and then didn't hear nothing back from that. It was like you can't make the, you're not coming the game. So that's that. <laughs> that's yeah. So um, so that was my time at Carnarvon. It was short and sweet. I remember one tweet went out saying it's like seeing Jamie Carragher in an Everton shirt. From a banger fan, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you because you, you you're basically you know a Mr. Banger City because of the amount of games you played for. So it is yeah. very it is very unheard of to, to to see a Banger City legend uh, to go and play for Carnarvon and another rival, even real. You know that is it seems blasphemous. Yeah. You know uh, <laughs> it's, it's sad, yeah. like, but uh, I um I want to quickly you know finish on Banger 1876. Um, so was it inevitable for you guy uh, for you and uh, Les? Davis to actually go to Bangor 1876 and uh, but but before you actually did did you when you were playing for Bangor in the last probably the last season did you notice uh, I, I don't know if the Vaughns were there uh, when you were there but uh, did you notice that there were problems at Bangor when you left or when you were there or did they just came as soon as you uh, after you left well my last season it was it was kind of, I knew myself I was struggling for form and things, but it was, um, the, the, there was no sign of the Vaughns or nothing. It, it was more, there was no contract being offered. There was nothing there. It wasn't even a non-contract offer or whatever. Um, and obviously, Landudno were on the way up from the league below. And I knew Morgs, Alan Morgan was the manager of Landudno, who had obviously brought me to Bangor in the first place. Um, but you, you could, you could just sense it. We weren't obviously we the season we had, we were fighting relegation and things, things were gonna be a bit iffy. Um, but you you could just sense that something 
wasn't right in the place. You know, the usual, as you've said, the usual people weren't there at the games. There was, and admittedly, we weren't doing well, so why should they be? Um, there was no, there wasn't even a talk of what you want to happen next season. Even when we were safe, there was no, right, okay, let's sort out next season. It was more, um, oh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll speak about it at the end of the season. We'll speak about this, we'll speak about that. And so I, I knew in the back of my mind that something wasn't right there. Um, but I never in a million years thought that it was what it was. Um, so it was, yeah, it, it was sad to see the the demise really. But again, what you've just mentioned about the Vaughns, there was it wasn't all bad times because they still qualified for Europe with them. You know, they still won the playoffs, qualified for Europe, and and I went back to Bangor just before I signed for eighteen seventy six. I, I left Brickfield, who I was playing for in the Wrexham area, and I went back to Bangor. Um, and obviously I knew the situation, I knew what was going on and I just came back to kind of help them finish the season in a way because they were playing under 17s, under 18 lads and so sometimes they couldn't even put a team together So and they didn't even have a home ground, they were playing at Conway one week, they were playing somewhere else the other. Um, so I came back just as a favour really, there was no... There was no monetary reasons. There was nothing like that. Um, it was just a case of, right, I'll come in and help you finish your season and whatever happens, happens. Um, and then come the end of that season, obviously, Gary Taylor Fletcher left for Land Udno and it was a bit, right, we don't know what's happening now. There was no contact between anyone. Um, so then, obviously, I, I was hearing the whispers about 1876 and... You know, you start getting a little bit excited and you're thinking, oh, is it going to materialise though? And But then I wouldn't doubt the Banger fans to do anything. Same as yourselves, you know, same as your, your Port Talbot fans, real fans have done it now. You know, it's you just wouldn't doubt anything that they put their mind to because look what's happened. Mm. You know, it, as soon as it was Mel Jones, well, it was Dylan Williams actually that messaged me first talking about it and, Mel had got into me. Les had been on the phone to me. Have you heard about this? And I'm thinking, hang on a minute. This this has got legs here. This is going to happen. Um, and then, yeah, it's unbelievable. Something to be a part of that, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, I got the last two questions here. So, uh, but I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show, just talking about, you know. No, don't worry, mate. Yeah. Um, but so the, the final two questions are the first one is, um, so what are the, uh, the the plans for you with uh, Bangor 1876 then? What is the the target? Oh, 1876. My, I think we want to just get them back to where they need to be. Mm. Uh, we want to get climb them, take them up the leaves, whether I'm playing, whether I'm taking a back step because I'm 33, now my hips aren't what they used to be and things, you know. So um, whether I'm there just to guide the young players because they've got some young fantastic young talent at the you know at the club um they're all local lads apart from myself and Jamie Petrie obviously but everyone else is local and we just want to try and help them get their club back where they want to be really um and I think for me Les and Pets personally I know quite well that it, it does give them something back to them for the success that they've brought us really over the years so uh, the overall goal is to get back in the Welsh Prem, definitely with with eighteen seventy six. Whether that's with me, whether that's with if I can just be that one small little part of that, then I've I've done my bit for them. Well, fingers crossed, anyway. And yeah. uh, 
the last question is, and it's always been a, a favorite question of mine because it always it catches people off guard. It's uh, yeah. how do you how do you look back on your career? You know what? I'd, I look back at it as it's I've done things that some people will never get the chance to do, even professionals. As I said at the start with European football, I've done things that I never ever thought I would do. I, I, I did never think that I would be representing a club that so many people love. I didn't think that I'd play for as long as I did, you know. So I think that it, it will have been, well, hopefully people will look back at my career personally as quite successful and, and one that I've given everything for whoever I've ever been, whoever I've played for, you know. So hopefully that's what people say about me. If, if they don't, then well, what well, can I'm I do? Not be, I'm not being funny, <laughs> but I mean, from start to finish, it's just success. So you've been their lucky charm. I mean, uh, I know you've got the other players, but I mean, come on. I mean, you're very fortunate to have that, yeah. all that success of Bangor. But, uh, oh, yeah. Mike, I mean, what a story. What a podcast this has been, you know. And thank you for coming on to talk about your days playing for Bangor. And I just wish you all the very best. And hopefully Bangor 1876 can go back to playing football and just getting, getting back in there. And fingers crossed, you know, I want to get one of those Bangor, City, uh, Bangor 1876 T-shirts soon. So, uh, yeah, yeah, anyway. cool. Okay, mate, cheers. No worries. Well, right, guys, that was uh, Michael Johnston on the Dragon's Voice podcast. And make sure you give a like, share, and subscribe to the channel. Also, follow us on Podbean. And uh, if you want to follow us on social media, it's on Facebook, Dragon's Voice Podcast, or on Twitter, at Dragon's Voice 20. And I hope you really enjoyed uh, listening or watching this podcast, you know, because it's really fun to do as Welsh football. But I just want to say thank you for continuing to support the channel and the podcast. So, guys, thank you so much. I've been your host, Julie Reese Deans, and I'll see you all very soon. Take care.